0: This morning, I have a word for you, and I pray that you will accept it with grace, because I didn't choose it. It was chosen for me to give to you, okay? So I I have to deliver as it has given to me, all right? So let's pray. Father, I thank you um, for trusting me with your word, to share your word with your people, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in my life, for the lessons that you're teaching me, so that I can implement them in my life and I can teach it to others also. Father, I pray for each and every person on the platform this morning, that your word will cut like a knife in their heart that they will receive it, Lord, and that it will bear much fruit in their lives, in the years to come, the months, the days. Lord, you know the needs of every single person on this line. You know what they're crying out for. But your word says that if we delight, ourself in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. So teach us, Father, to delight ourself in you and all our needs will be met. We thank you again for your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit descend on us this morning, right now, as it did on the day of Pentecost, as the disciples were praying in the upper room. Come, Holy Spirit, and do your thing. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen and amen. This morning, the, the topic I have is we must pray. We must pray. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writing to the Colossians. He says to them, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We must pray. It's not an option. As children of God who serves him, we must learn that to stay with the source, be connected to the source, we must pray. We are seeing an increase in worldliness our secularism in our time, in our time, that seeks with, 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 with ever increasing force to push back faith and Christ out of the public square and consciousness. We are seeing a rise in worldliness inside the church. As things other generation would call sin, we, we recategorize categorize it, redefine it, and we call it lifestyle, lifestyle choices. It's increasing daily in the churches. Well ordaining homosexuals as ministers and priests. I will say, yeah, these things are not to be. Every major Christian denomination in the USA is in serious decline. Yes, it's in serious decline. And we seem to stand by hopeless as another generation choose to walk away from the faith. One recent study found that in the next 30 years, 50% of the churches in the United States will close. And over 42 million young people will walk away from the church. That's their statistic. But my God and your God have a way of changing things. He's a great changer. He's a great adjuster. We have to go back to the school of prayer. We have to go back to the school of prayer. His disciples walk with him all three and a half years. They saw everything, every miracle he performed. They heard every message he preached, every deliverance they saw. For three and a half years, they got a front row view of Jesus' lifestyle. They saw him talk to the father with ease. Prayer, prayer was his lifestyle. He inhale and exhaled it. That's how he lived. No, he did not stir up himself to speak to his father. He would just be speaking to the crowd and speaking to the disciples, and he just lift his eyes and he and speaks to his father. No effort, he just speaks to his father. They saw all of that. Not only did they see him pray. Not only did they see him pray. But they watched him as he cast out demons. Demons with one word. They stared in disbelief at Jesus' healing lepers made the lame walk, caused the blind to see, their early sermon on the mount, and were perplexed by the metaphor or analogy on the kingdom of heaven. They saw it. They saw him evangelize effortlessly, the woman at the well. He brought the dead back to life, Lazarus. They saw it. They were eyewitness to his life and ministry. Yet, they never asked him to teach them to preach. Teach them to heal. Teach us to prophesy. Teach us to do miracles. After spending three and a half years with the Son of God. They requested one thing. They said, Lord, Master, teach us to pray. Teach us your secret. Teach us how this prayer works. At the end of the day, they wanted his prayer life. Their request has made me, as a leader, as a pastor, have to reevaluate my life. I have to look at what I place as priority. What is number one priority in my life? With everything that we are doing for the kingdom, I am concerned we are not doing one thing that will make all the difference. We are not doing one thing enough that will make all the difference in our life. And that is modeling and teaching Jesus' life of prayer. Modeling and teaching Jesus' life of prayer. My reason for concern, because prayer is the greatest exposure of reality. It is the greatest exposure of reality. A revivalist by the name of Leonard Ravenhill, he said this, no man is greater than his paralyzed. No man is greater than his paralyzed. We can fool people, we can amaze them, amaze people. But what happens when we close our eyes and open our mouth? That is the litmus test of reality that cannot be manipulated or faith. We must pray. We must pray. We have to go back to the school of prayer. We have missed it. We have to go back to the school of prayer. The disciples knew the secret. They were able to connect the dots. When they saw Jesus um, performing all these ministries, they were able to connect the dots and realize that because he was communicating so much with his father, in prayer, he was able to perform these ministry. They connected. We, in the 21st century, we have to connect it. We have to connect it and realize that prayer has to be the epicenter of our life. If that's something we do when we feel like it. But it's something we do because it is commanded that we do it. It is, it is, it is as principles, as a key, that connect us to the source. Jesus knew that. He would leave in early morning, go to the mountain, and he would pray. All powerful men of God are prayer warriors. They pray constantly. They, they are beside him constantly. You want it? You have to pay a price. You want the power and the authority? You have to pay a price. And the price is stay in his presence. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to him and listen. That is the key for power and authority. I didn't even plan to say what I just said. It just came out. That is the key for power and authority. When you stay in his presence. We are in a time when this generation, this young generation, they are looking for someone to hold their their hands and teach them how to bring heaven to earth. How to access the resources of heaven in dear time, in dear generation. The disciples understood that every other ministry Jesus performed, he was able to do it because of his connection to the Father in prayer. He taught them how to access heaven and change situation on earth. Nothing changes in this physical realm until a change occurs in the spiritual realm. Nothing changes. And it's your prayer that does that. When you pray the demonic forces back up, that's the weapon you use And the disciples saw that in Jesus. This man goes to the mountain and pray constantly. He's constantly praying. And when he leaves, he leaves with power and authority. And he speaks to the demon and they flee. He saw the leopard and he healed them. There must be something about this prayer life. They have to find out. So they ask him, teach us to pray. Not to preach. Not to evangelize. Not to do miracles, but teach us to pray because that is the key. This, if we are going to change this generation, it has to start in a home. Your children, those of you online who have kids, are living with you at home. Your kids must be able to see you praying they must get up in the morning and see you with a bible a pen and a notebook and you're praying (coughs) when they see that and they see the changes in your life they will realize that you have found a key and they will not depart from it even when they grow old they'll remember that my mom and my dad constantly prayed and we saw the changes. It has to start in the home if we are going to change this society. My daughter called me two months ago and we we're talking, and she said to me, Dad, she's a nurse at the hospital in Virginia. And we're talking, and she said, you know, I was telling my co-workers that it's a blessing to have parents who pray. And if you don't have parents who pray, you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You must pray and let them see you praying. Let them see you crying before the master. Yes, they must see. We have to come to realize and understand The importance of one thing. Of making one thing first place in our life. It must be first place in our life. The importance of one thing. There's one woman in the Bible that understood the importance of one thing. She understood it very well. She understood the importance of proximity with Jesus. She understood how important it was to be close to him. Her name was Mary of Bethany. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary of Bethany she only appeared 3 times in scriptures 3 times in scriptures she appeared each time she she was at each time she appeared in scripture she's at jesus feet every time she appeared in scripture she's at his feet luke 1038 to 42 you will find that and john 11 12 1, to 1, 2, 3. She discovered somehow the one thing that pleases Jesus the most. She discovered somehow the one thing that pleases Jesus the most. And I want to read it to you. I, I, I felt right reading it to you. It's in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Start from verse 38. As they went, he entered a village, speaking of Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care? that my sister left me to serve on serve alone then tell her to help me jesus answered her Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things but one thing one thing one thing is needed and mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken from her Now here are two sisters. Two sisters. And one chose to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his teaching because she she somehow understood who he was. That he was the Son of God, the Messiah. Here is Martha, invited him in her house to have a meal. But she still didn't recognize who he truly was. Just like the scripture says. We we entertain angels unaware. She entertained him. But she never knew who he really was. Martha never did. But Mary somehow discovered and found out. That this is truly the son of God. And so she's. She sat at his feet as he spoke, and she's learning. Martha was busy, and she came and accused Jesus of being unfair. Why couldn't you tell my sister to come and help me to serve? Why couldn't you? And Jesus said what he said to her. He says, no, she has chosen the better part. She has chosen to do the right thing. Martha, Martha, you're too busy, you're too busy, you are too distracted. Does that sound like any of us? That, does that sound like any of us online? Well, she discovered somehow the one thing that pleases Jesus Christ the most. She did not have a big ministry. No, never did. Never wrote an epistle. And we never heard anything else about her after her appearance in John chapter 12. It's only one statement she made that is written down in scripture. And when she said, Lord, if you had been here my brother would not have died. She figured out somehow what moved Jesus, what moved him. She learned what you call his love language. She learned his love language and she played his heart very well. She learned it. Jesus loved that. He loved when we are close to him, when we are willing to sit in his presence and listen to him. Now, he doesn't want us to be busy, 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 busy and be distracted by the things of this world. That's what Martha was doing. And he was trying to show her, no, Martha, what Mary is doing is the correct thing. She's learning from me to be able to cope in this cruel world. She played the strings of his heart, So he always defended her. Every time she appears in scripture, Jesus is defending her. When she, when she poured oil on his feet and washed it with her hair, and the disciples were upset. How could she use such expensive ointment? And he said, no, no, leave her alone. She's seen what you are not seeing. She's preparing me for burial. Yeah? We must be able to see beyond this physical realm. We must be able to use prayer to open our eyes to see the reality of what life is all about. Distraction is the number one weapon the enemy used to distract God's people. He will distract you 24-7. When I'm awakening in the morning and before I leave, I have to spend the time with the master. As I get up to do so, I'm being distracted. Remember, you can't be late for work. Remember, you have to take a shower. You have to make breakfast. Remember that. Remember this. Remember that. And if I don't quiet my mind, If I don't quiet my mind, I am distracted. And I go to him and I spend five minutes with him and I'm gone. Because the enemy distracts us. That's his weapon. And he uses it effectively. We need a new breed of people. Who like Mary, refuse to worship the God of busyness. Refuse to worship the God of busyness. Refuse to worship the God of distraction. But we'll sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him. Learn from him. Teach your children the importance of prayer. My son, as I told you sometime in the past, we weren't together for five years. And when we finally came together, I brought him a bottle of vitamin C and a Bible. And when I gave them to him, he said to me, Dad, I will take the vitamin C, but I don't need a Bible. I, I don't want it. And I said to him, Okay, son. And I took the Bible. have it with me up to today. And I took it from him, and I have it. And I leave him at that. And it was like a few months after that, I came back to the States. And he called me. He said, Dad, you have to pray for me now because I'm in some challenges right now and I can't seem to. And based on what he said to me, I was able to say to him, Son, the devil wants to destroy your life. He wants to steal your joy, but he will not do so. I will pray. And I will pray with you now. And we prayed. He prayed. And he was able to overcome the challenge that he was facing. And today he's better for it. Okay? Okay. They must see you praying. They must know that you're a prayer warrior. They will not depart from it. Sit at his feet and learn. Sit at his feet and learn. It is absolutely critical to find yourself at his feet. Absolutely critical. Prioritizing him over the stuff and the needs around us. He has to be priority. He will not take second place. If you can spend time... I have a fellow at the workplace. He's a Muslim. And he will come and he will say to me when I'm supervising, he will say, Donald, um, could I, could you give me 12 o'clock lunchtime because I have to pray? And I said, sure, I respect that. I said, sure, you can go at 12. And you would take that time and you'll go into the office on his knees, on his face, and he would pray, he would pray, he would pray. Okay, why are we as Christians, as believers in the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, why do we seem to not put the significance on prayer as we should? What is it? All other religion, they place a great significance on prayer. But for some reason, we tend to be too lazy to get up in the morning half an hour earlier than we need to to go on our knees and pray. What, what is it? We are so privileged that we don't need to pray. And so the enemy make a mockery of our lives. And we find ourselves in deep trouble and deep waters and we don't know what to do because we open doors to the enemy. And he comes right in. We must pray. It is absolutely critical for us to do so. When you sit at his feet, you become filled with the dream of his heart. Then that puts you to work to accomplish his dream on this earth. When you go before him, his number one priority is to change your way of thinking, is to change you into be like his son, Jesus Christ. That is his number one priority. So don't go to him thinking that, give me that, give me that. No, 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 no. Go before him with an humble heart, an open heart and ask him to fill it. That is what he specializes in, changes the life of people. It changes your life when you spend time in prayer with him. I am going to conclude this message, but I want to let you know this. If you don't pray, if you don't spend the time that is required of you to spend in prayer, Your life will not move from where it is. Your life will not move from where it is. You will not go to the next level. You'll be stagnant. Prayer is priority. Mary simply invested the most valuable commodity. Her time. Her time. While her sister was busy doing this and that, she was spending time with her master. She was giving the time into eternity. She was taking care of eternity, not this temporary existence. She took the wind of opportunity and sowed her time and eternity and it will last forever. She sowed into a place where Matt and Ross cannot destroy. Matthew six nineteen 19-21. She sowed into a place unseen by man. And it resulted in eternal treasure. It is time for introspection it is time for us to take introspection what is priority to you what is priority to me what is priority to you where are you sowing your time just being busy just going to work and back where are you sowing your time And for those of you who have been coming on this platform and you know you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I am here to inform you that you are not safe. You are not safe. If you are not safe, you are not safe. So I encourage you this morning, if you don't know the master, if you have never accepted the master, even though you're online every Sunday, the opportunity is yours. The opportunity is yours this morning to say, yes, I want to accept this God, this savior of mankind. I want to accept him. You can do so now. Just let us know. One, two, three is easy. Just search your heart. And you realize that you need him more than you need the oxygen you breathe. We must pray. We must pray to the master for things to change in our world, in our life. We cannot continue to accept things as they are. They must change. Your situation that you're encountering right now can be changed and will be changed. But you must tackle it with prayer. You must enter the spiritual world and speak to the dark world and tell them to release. Release, release. Yes, it can change and it will change. Father, I thank you that I have delivered the message to your people that you have called me to deliver that we must go back to prayer. We must take it seriously. We must prioritize it. Father, help us Not to be distracted by the things of this world that are so temporary, but help us to sow our time into eternity, where it will last forever. Be with each and every person that are listening this morning. Touch their hearts. And let them understand the importance of knowing you and communicating with you constantly. Forgive us where we have failed you because we have. We have failed you many times. We ask your forgiveness as we continue on the journey to serve you until the day you call us home. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who opened the door for us so that we could come before you boldly, with confidence, knowing that you have accepted us in your Son, Christ Jesus. We thank you again in the mighty and majestic name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.